because he's so good. He's still he's good. You have to be better than than the problems you bring. For oh, when for sure. Flips, you know I, when it flips. It's for open. sure. I'm just saying it's unfortunate because like the guy can still play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking? Oh. What are you drinking there, AB? Oh, I'm going to get me a workout after this. So a little, little pre-workout, you know? Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back from the weekend. It's the awesome.com NFL showdown strategy show. Last Monday night football game of the year. And we're happy to have you with us. Today's show is well sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Dave Lachman at Lafayette underscore D on the Twitters, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D for those of you listening in podcast form, along with Matt Gajeski, as always, Matt underscore Gajeski, G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. And back for the first time in a while, they've been asking about this guy, and I made it a point. I said, I, I reached out to the guys that make our schedule. I said, we got one more primetime game. We got to get this. This is a true story. We got to get him back on to close out the year. Alex Brown, former defensive end for his Chicago Bears, recently 2-0 Chicago Bears hey, at Alex thanks. Brown 96. Glad to have you back, bro. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're still terrible, but wait, we'll take the wins. <laughs> the Giants get our first pick anyway, so we're just, we're just hurting them with these wins. That's all. You know what, though? You have to be somewhat encouraged. I mean, you look at that Giants organization, and then you look at, at you guys. You at least have a guy in fields you can build off of, right? I mean, you have some good young pieces there. Darnell Mooney looks solid. David Montgomery continues to uh, outperform expectations. Your defense isn't too bad. It, it could be worse in Chicago. Oh, no doubt about it. It, it definitely could be worse. I think we're going to get a new head coach um, moving into next year. So we've got one more week of Coach Nagy. And then it's time to go in a different direction. But, yes, we got some pieces. Robert Quinn is a monster coming off the edge. So he just broke the um, single-season sack record for the Bears. So great job by him. Um, and I don't know. Hopefully we can get some more pieces, lock Roquan in um, for the long haul. And let's just see, man. But got a lot of good pieces. I'm excited for the future. Hey, Matt Kajeski, how we feeling, brother? Doing good, man. A little bit sad, nostalgic. This is our last – Monday night no. breakdown. So it's, I know we're going into playoffs, the most exciting time of the year for football, but man, I've had a blast doing these all year and we got a heater ahead of us. Baker versus <laughs> big Ben. I mean, what a way to close it out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling for 200 rushing yards for Nick Chubb tonight. Just lock it up, boys. It's coming. Matt, did you see we get two Saturday night football games for week 18 now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of them is, is relatively meaningless with Philly, but yeah, but uh, football, I mean, I, I like seeing the backups play, everybody play. I, that's what I look preseason for. But we also have, like, Casey, Denver. That's a There's little more implications on that game. But, yeah, Saturday football. It's going to be I'm awesome. just waiting. I'm just waiting for you and me to have to do a strategy show on this and talk about a game where we don't know if the starters are going to be playing. It's going to be just beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think they will. Philly doesn't have anything to play for. No. You know, I thought – We'd be saying that going into week 18, but I would thought it would be Philly has nothing to play for because they're, you know, three and, and, uh, and, and 13 or whatever it is, not nine and seven playoff bound already locked the spot up going into the final week. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, we have the national championship on Monday nights. They always reserve 
that final week of the year, let college football have it. So there's still a game, something to watch there. But I mean, having Casey Denver should be good. I'm, Denver should be returning a lot of players off the COVID list. They were working with the skeleton crew last week. So that game should be really exciting. And then of course there's, it's like almost the playoffs for so many teams in week 18. There's only a couple that don't have anything to play for, but there's so much actually still on the line. So I think week 18 is going to be awesome too. Yo, no question. In the AFC as well. Tonight's game's important too. Uh, AB, who do you got? You got Georgia or Alabama? Oh, Bama. Yeah. 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 But you, Georgia, they beat the hell out of people that don't match up well with them. The people that match up well with them, well, then it comes down to coaching. And you're going to take Curry Smart, you're going to take uh, Nick Saban. I mean, it's just, that's what it comes down to. So uh, I'm taking Bama. I think they cover. I actually, you know what? I can't believe they're a damn dog. Three-point dog, yeah. Me? Like, come on. Like, this is the same Bama team that beat the shit out of uh, Georgia the first time, like two weeks ago. And now, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Bama's going to – I don't know what the hell Vegas is thinking, but I'm taking Bama all day long. What about you, Matt, college football expert over here as well? Yeah, I already bet it. I bet Bama plus three. You did? Yeah. Not taking the money line, huh? I, I was looking at that this morning, actually. I am not – Sold just yet, but plus I'm, it's not that enticing. It's like plus one twenty five. You know, yeah. you're not you're not getting that much value on the money line. Okay, all right. Well, let's dive into it, fellas. We got the Cleveland Browns, as Matt said, barn burner coming up today. Uh, Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know what? I, I at this point, who cares if it's a good or bad game? It's our last regular season Monday night game, and there's a lot of money on the line. What is it? Another millionaire maker. Over there on DraftKings, Yahoo, our sponsors, got 20K up top uh, as well. So just some big contests across the board today. Um, Matt, from a playoff perspective, you have the Steelers at 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one, the Browns at 7-8. and eight. Um, with, with two weeks to play, are, are either of these teams still in contention? Yeah, that, so that division's been locked up. We, we yeah. have Cincinnati. Bengals look good, man. They look really good. Yeah. Cleveland, they're eliminated. They cannot get in. Okay. The, confirmed? Okay. Confirmed cannot get in. But the Steelers need to win out and then have a Colts loss to get in. So Pittsburgh, they're on the outside looking in, but they could still get in if they win their last two games and they get a little help from the Colts. But Cleveland fully eliminated. Imagine if they didn't tie the Detroit Lions. <laughs> they, they would look a lot better in this spot for sure. And the Colts have the Jags next week. So what you're telling me is it's unlikely that this, the Steelers are getting into the postseason either, but I think so. I'm going to pull up Indianapolis. So Indianapolis, they, they need to win against the Jaguars. So they haven't already locked up their, their spot either. So it looks like that's going to be a game where the Colts play their starters. And I mean, if you see JT and the full crew for Indianapolis, that's not a game they likely lose. I just pulled up the line for that game and it is not close. Indianapolis is a 16 point favorite. So Pittsburgh has a, a very slim shot at making the playoffs here, but they still have a shot nonetheless. So we're expecting them to play hard. All right. Let's get into this. One more question I have for you guys. Cause I saw this conversation all over Twitter yesterday, AB uh, coach of the year. There was this big de debate because somebody tweeted that it should be uh, LaFleur in in green Bay. And other people are saying, how can you not look at Mike Vrabel with all of the injuries that that team has suffered this year, 11 and five, and not give it to him? Other people said Sirianni deserves to be in the running. 
I don't think so. I think it's impressive, but they have faced a lot of bad football teams with, with backup quarterbacks. Who would you give coach of the year to if the season ended right now? Oh man, those are some, don't say Matt Nagy. <laughs> Hell no, <laughs> no chance, but those are some really good ones. Cause um, Vrabel has done an excellent job uh, being, I think there's number one in AFC right now. Um, 11 and five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're number one in the AFC. Yeah. I'm missing your, your heart and soul of your offense and uh, Derrick Henry. Um, it's, I'd probably go with Vrabel. I mean, I'm, I think um, Bill Belichick and what they've done over there, I think he totally revamped that team. Um, got a rookie quarterback and using what he does um, really well. LeFleur, you can't overlook it. Just I think the expectations, just because you expect somebody to do well and they do well, you can't just get them out of the conversation. So you got to keep those guys in. I think it's a toss-up between those three. I really like those three. Matt, what about you? I think it's LeFleur. I, I mean, you look at this Tennessee team. They've been extremely up and down, especially since they lost some of their playmakers like wins over the Colts and the Rams, but losses to like Houston and Pittsburgh. So it's like, it hasn't all been rosy for Tennessee. And I think you can rationalize some, some of that away, but you look at green Bay, they've played one of the most difficult schedules in football outside of the division. You can say what you will about the NFC North. I don't think it's the most competitive division, but you're talking about non-conference or excuse me, non-division games against like San Francisco, Cincinnati, they, you know, they play the, the AFC North and then they play the NFC West. Those are two really good divisions you're facing outside of your own. And they haven't really been tripped up much. They have lost to Kansas City and in division lost to Minnesota. But otherwise, like they've handled all the best teams in the NFC, which is really positive for Green Bay. And I know they have Rodgers and Adams, which just speaks to how good LaFleur has been. They basically get a buy though, um, with the division. See, when they like if they're playing somebody after Detroit. Hell, that's a buy. Whoever they're just overlooking, <laughs> they're overlooking Chicago. They're overlooking Minnesota. I mean, these are a bunch of buys now, Mike. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to tell me about how weak the NFC North is. I am in a hundred percent agreement with you. It's more so what they've done outside of the division, like beating San Francisco, Cincinnati, Arizona, Seattle, the Rams, Baltimore, albeit without Lamar. But yeah. I, I do hear what you're saying. The NFC North is quite weak. And one of their losses is to Minnesota. I, I think, too, it's only fair if you're going to throw some uh, two more play, uh, coaches in the conversation. Zach Taylor's done a wonderful job in Cincinnati with a, a young quarterback. Granted, you got some players, but they're 10 and 6 in what's not a very easy division. And then Bill Belichick, man. Bill, that team was expected to be awful this year, and they've played phenomenal football, 10 and 6. No one thought they'd have a shot at contending with Buffalo to take this division, but they did. So yeah, a lot of good coaching this season, a lot of good game or a lot of good teams that uh, weren't expected to be good. The Browns were expected to be good, Matt. And now we come into this one with them two point dogs and eliminated from playoff contention. I am excited to talk about the ground game though. So let's do that. But before we do hit that thumbs up, we love having you guys here with us every Monday morning. If you haven't done so yet, only takes a second. If you like this content, you want to help support us. Greatly appreciated. Simplest way to do so. Just hit that thumbs up. If you're on your phone, you know, click out of that chat. Hit it real quick. Pop back in the chat. And uh, thanks for getting us to 70,000 subs. We got there right around the new year as we were aiming for. So uh, big ups to you guys. Thanks for keeping the lights on for us. All right, Matt, Browns, we got to start with the ground game here. Nick Chubb obviously getting a lot of ownership 64% projected right now 
He has a 31% top play probability in our top plays tool for single game showdown slates. Entirely free today. Check that out at awesome.com. Don't even have to sign up. But do you think Kareem Hunt plays would be the first question? Yeah, he's practiced limited capacity twice this week. And when you can turn those in, pretty good chance you play. I think we would need a pretty shocking turn of events for him not to suit up. Yeah, and and those were later in the week, which would suggest more so that he's going to play, not early in the week and then didn't practice late in the week. Exactly. He had limited on Thursday and Friday, I believe, too. So he's been able to get multiple limiteds in, which, I mean, bodes pretty well for his status here. Okay, so with that in mind, he'll probably still he'll still get some work. But what about Nick Chubb, who's coming off a, a huge game on that Saturday night football game against Green Bay on I think that was Christmas Day, right? Yeah, Christmas yeah. Day game. He is uh, he's rushed for almost twelve hundred yards on in twelve games, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, he's up to eight touchdowns now. He's even coming off a, a spot where he caught four or uh, three balls for like sixty eight or fifty eight yards or something. Is, is he by far the top option on this slate? And what are you doing with him at captain and flex? I think he is. It's it's difficult on DraftKings. The slate is priced pretty efficiently over there. On FanDuel, I think it's no question Chubb is your de facto captain just because they don't have a pretty good pricing structure. It's really loose today. But on DraftKings, you do have to make a lot of decisions. And I think the return to Kareem Hunt does affect his pass-catching outlook. The tough thing with Kareem Hunt is he's not just dealing with the injury. He's coming off of COVID, and we've now had a large sample of players returning from the COVID reserve list playing poorly. And I think a lot of that, it's not just because like these guys, especially if they test positive for the virus, it could affect your respiratory system, but you just don't have time on the practice field. You can't replicate practice in these in-game implementations from Zoom. It's just not the same. And we've seen it with multiple players over multiple weeks now. So with Kareem Hunt coming back and Dearness Johnson, who's actually played well, just not sure what Kareem Hunt's role is going to be. And if you have a limited Kareem Hunt, I think that helps Chubb, especially in the pass game. So if there's that chance that Chubb is going to catch more balls as well, I think that only helps him in a spot where we're expecting efficiency. AB, looking at Nick Chubb, one of the best pure rushers in the league. I've been saying it forever. I think if you gave this guy Derrick Henry type carries and he didn't get hurt, he'd be a 2000 yard rusher for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, how much of him do you want to get to today, given his price point? Oh, man, quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit. He's, <laughs> he's scary good. Um, I, I'm with you on that one, though. I, I wish I could see him on a team, on a running football team, that Hell just yeah. feeds him the ball 25 times a game. I mean, he could be a monster. Because I think he can handle it. Um, he does get nicked up a little too often than, than you'd like. But... I mean, hell, he's a running back, so they get hit a lot too. So, um, but yeah, I, I want as I want as much as I can of uh, Nick Chubb tonight. He's they don't have they don't have anything to play for outside of pride and just their, their hate for um, Pittsburgh. But I'm telling you, that rolls deep now. That hate, they will give the ball to Chubb. They're gonna do whatever's working because they do not want Pittsburgh to have that opportunity to go into the playoffs. So that is a real thing. Um, I think they're going to use their best players. Chubb is their best player on offense. And truly, if you're trying to win a game, you probably need to take the ball out of your quarterback's hands. So just hand the ball off to Chubb and you'll be all right. I, I don't see how you get away from that today. I, I mean, I know that Jarvis Landry's looked fine, um, but he's not an explosive player, right? He's not somebody that's going to get you those big plays. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's, he's getting a lot of deep targets, but 
he's super hit or miss. And and then you have all of these, you have like a, a three-man rotation at tight end, uh, particularly in the red zone. But the one real constant here is always Nick Chubb. So Matt, when it comes to Nick Chubb, it's a pretty easy decision. I think he is, I think he's the best play in this game. Uh, even at an expensive price point, it, for me, it's going to be tough to get away from. Do you have to get to him in the captain spot? No, our top our, our top plays tool actually shows that he has a little bit of negative leverage there. And as an optimal captain, he's right up there with everybody else, but he has not, he doesn't pull away from the pack. I mean, he's at 8.6%. Jarvis Landry's at 9.7. Deontay Johnson at 9.4. Baker at 9. That isn't to say he's not a great play. He still has by far the highest top play probability. The only difference is that he is very expensive, which means what does it do for the rest of your lineups if you have him at captain or if you put him in the flex? Yeah, on DraftKings, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. I do, I do like the optimals that have Chubb still. And the one thing I'll say about our projections and his negative leverage score, we have Kareem Hunt projected for a full role. We, we don't know what Kareem Hunt's role is going to be. So you have some outs with Nick Chubb potentially being a much better play than the projection suggests and our leverage tool just because there's so much uncertainty in that situation. But if you're playing low-risk contests, cash games, small field tournaments, I think you just take the security that Chubb provides. If you think that Kareem Hunt is fully healthy, that's where I think, think you can get away from him in the larger field tournaments because the pass-catching role is still a question if you have a fully healthy Kareem Hunt. I meant to ask you guys this earlier, so forgive me for getting sidetracked, but Matt, you're from, you're from Wisconsin where it's just always cold as shit out there. AB, you played in Chicago. I'm watching this game yesterday at Lambeau, 10 degrees, windy, frozen tundra. You get these dudes in the, in the stands, half naked, you know, titties out and everything. And all of the players, most of the players outside of quarterbacks, rocking the short sleeves, the cutoffs. Were you a cutoffs or a short sleeves guy in, uh, in Lambeau in January? See, you can't really see it right now, but... You, I'm not putting sleeves on these things. Come on, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna put sleeves on that. Now nah, we we had a we had a thing on defense that now nah, you don't wear sleeves. I don't care what the I don't care what the weather is. You the sleeves you can't have. So there aren't very many pictures outside of probably my rookie year that you could find where I had sleeves on. Or like kind of got me straight down. So you're saying you can't come out there looking like a, you know. I mean, not unless you're Robert Quinn. I mean, Robert Quinn wore sleeves all year, but he has 18 sacks and leaves the NFL. Right. So if you do that, then you're good. But it didn't bother you. Like, I mean, I, I'm man enough to tell you, I, I'm not wearing short sleeves in 10 degree wet. Just not happening. I get it, but you you don't want to. You don't want Erlacher in your ear. You don't want peanut oh, in your if ear. I'm on the, if I'm on the Bears and, and Brian Erlacher's yeah. telling me I'm not wearing sleeves, I'm not right. wearing sleeves. Okay, there, there oh. we go. Yes. Right, right, right. Yes. I'm just telling you I'll be miserable. That's all. Yes, yes, you will. Well, if you don't wear the sleeves, there's a – where I played, there is a big guy on the other side that's going to keep you thinking about much more than the damn sleeves. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I just can't imagine getting tackled somewhere and getting knocked to the ground on that frozen – oh, God. I don't know, Matt. I'm assuming you could handle it, right? You lived out there your whole life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. This is just me being outside. The whole athleticism thing, showing the guns – I, I don't have any part of that. <laughs> you know, like, like me, let's say me in the stands. I'm not going to be in a short sleeve t-shirt or anything like that. But yeah, I can handle a game in that capacity. But man, couldn't be farther away from the field. What's yeah. cold to you? I don't, below zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. 
That's that's cool. Man, I, I did um we when we lost, I was at um I was at the Saints and we lose on that that whole beast mode run, right? So we lose that game. I'm at the Saints. And the next week, the Saints or the Seattle had to play Chicago. So I fly back to Chicago and my wife and I, we go to that game. Mid first quarter, I'm like, the hell with this, I'm out of here. There ain't enough drinking <laughs> I can do to stay warm. Get the hell out of here. I'm gone. Mid first quarter, it was over. I was dying in the stands. Uh, yeah. Do it. I, look, you're for, you played in Florida though, right? So, yeah. I mean, when you come out there and they're like, hey, you're not wearing sleeves in Green Bay, that had oh. to have been somewhat shocking. Oh, it was shocking. What? I was shocked because back then we had a we had a the week after you got drafted we had like a pre like a little mini camp right we had a three day mini camp in April and I fly in and it's snowing and I'm like wait a minute what the hell's going on here so that was kind of that yeah we ain't, we ain't in Florida no more type of deal it snowed on my it snowed on my college graduation in May <laughs> and it really it was, and it was outside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was no, gonna die. I'm good. It's cold enough here in in, in PA, oh. man. It's cold enough here. Um, all right, let's get back. I had I had to figure that out though because I've never been able to ask you know a, a former player what it's like out there in in sub zero temperatures. Like I just oh, always yeah. remember that Giants Packers game. Remember that Giants Packers game NFC Championship with Favre, and it was what was it like negative? It was it was brutal. And you got guys out there in short sleeves. It's crazy. I don't know. Props to you guys, because I couldn't do it. Matt, do you think uh, Cleveland pass catchers make some sense today from a – I mean, obviously we have to get to some of them, but Landry, 25% target share since uh, the, the, the week – so week seven, that was the following week of, of, of uh, Ob Odo Beckham not playing anymore. And Donovan Peoples-Jones, here's a weird one. Since week nine, this guy has 13 deep targets in six games, so more than two a game but he has one red zone target over that span. So you kind of know exactly how they're using someone like DPJ. And now there's a report that Anthony Schwartz, according to Stefanski is supposed to get more work. And people are worried that not worried, but there's reports that Donovan people's Jones could lose some opportunities to Schwartz as well. Yeah. Br breaking down the pass catchers here, FanDuel, unless you're playing big tournaments, there's no real reason to consider anyone outside of like Landry. I think it's just the pricing is so weak. You don't need to. DraftKings, they're priced where you do need to consider them. They did a great job today pricing all these guys down and pricing Nick Chubb way up. So it is a decision point here. I think you broke, broke down the receiving core for Cleveland pretty well already. We know Jarvis is locked into a role. DPJ and Schwartz kind of play a similar role in offense. They're, they're burners, and Schwartz in particular he had the fastest 40-year dash at the Combine this year. He's just a guy who's been really hurt throughout his career, and he's never really produced when he's been on the field, largely due to injury but he's a burner and he was a day two pick for this team. And they want to see what they have in him. He spent most of the year injured this year already. And it's a meaningless game. The prime opportunity to start evaluating some of your playmakers, especially ones that were drafted on day two and haven't been able to get on the field. I don't know if that necessarily comes at the expense of DPJ or you just bring a guy like Rashard Higgins off the field because Higgins still played on 65% of the snaps last week, six targets there. I mean, Higgins is basically like a practice squad level player who's been elevated for Cleveland based on a lack of alternatives. 
I think that's the kind of guy you pull off the field for Schwartz, not DPJ, who's also a pretty decent draft pick for them within the last two years. That makes so much sense, which is why the reports, the report about that, I didn't, it didn't make much sense to me. So it's just like DPJ and, and Schwartz have a similar skill set. Like Higgins is basically comparatively to some of the other players in the field. He's like unathletic possession style receiver, which is why he's bounced around team so much. He's like on the, he's a fringe player on most NFL rosters, but on Cleveland, he's like a top three receiver because they don't have anybody good. But DPJ is like a downfield threat, and so is Schwartz. So maybe that's why. I got you. What do you think about these receivers, AB? I'm with I'm with Matt. Um, they they definitely need to upgrade in offseason. They're gonna have to get some better players in that in that um in that uh, receiver room. But let's think about what they got to think about as far as the quarterback and moving forward. Like, I know, I mean, you, we're trying to find a way <clears throat> to get off a chub. What better way to, to get off a chub in this particular instance because he's going to be so owned? Well, Cleveland needs to find out if Baker Mayfield can play. They need to know if these receivers can play. So Can Baker Mayfield play? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if he can either. I mean, I, I, mean, I he can play. I don't think he can play if I got to pay him a hundred plus million dollars. It, he's like, so hard. He's so hard to evaluate because he has a torn labrum in both shoulders. Is so it you're just saying shoulders? he's not tough. No, he, I mean, you, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Tearing your labrum is no shoulders? joke. Is it no. both shoulders? Yeah, he has, he has injury in both shoulders. I thought it was his left shoulder. I didn't I'm pretty see. sure. I, I could be wrong on this. I, Okay, so I've had a I've had torn labrum and a torn rotator cuff in both shoulders. Okay, and I played through it. Like, yeah, that's something that's something that a lot of people like wait till the end of the season, right? Correct. Yeah. So I did it legit 2006 preseason. That was a year we went to the Super Bowl, and so that was the longest season it could have been. And then I had the surgery afterwards. But I'm not throwing a football. So if it's in his throwing shoulder. Well, their medical staff is just idiots because he should be out. <laughs> you know, he, he should be out. But the thing is, he wasn't good before that either. True, true. So, but like that's, I think that's the evaluation. Um, if they want to do something uh, outside of just running the football, which is what everybody thinks they're going to do, you need to know if these receivers can play. You need to know if Baker Mayfield can play and what you have to do in the offseason. So, I can definitely see that happening against a Pittsburgh team that hadn't been very good um, defense that hadn't been very good, uh, but a better part of all year. So, but you got to watch out for their pass rush too. Now their pass rush can get after him. Um, I, I do think it's just his left shoulder though. I'm just looking at this yeah. now. I it, could be it, wrong. Just kind be. of a cursory look here, but I don't, I don't know if it's both of them. I couldn't imagine playing. Yeah. We used to play skip rocks across the um, late. I couldn't imagine doing that with that torn labor room. Like, no. football? hell no. Well, and I know, I remember my dad had, we went snowboarding and he was like in his fifties at the time, you know, trying to you know, work through some type of crisis. And he, he got coming off the lift, went down and he, he got the, the rotator cup, but he, I remember after the surgery was where he was in a ton of pain, like coming off of that surgery for, I don't know how long it was. I'm, I'm assuming you got surgery yep. uh, on the rotator cuff, but. I know the, the recovery on that was, was, was a little bit for him. So he was older too, though. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get off and be back by 
by training camp, right? So I right. need to be done in three months, three, four months. So it's like you're just pushing, pushing, pushing because, hell, we got – we had Mark Anderson at the time, and Mark Anderson had 12 sacks. So I can't – hey, listen, I can't, I can't waste no time. I need to be out there, you know? So then, A.B., what are you doing with these receivers today for Cleveland? I, I mean, I – you got to sprinkle them in. I mean, it's just, it's just the, how do you think this game's going to play out? I mean, uh, I can see building a few lineups here and honestly having Baker as um, in the captain spot in a couple, um, because I know that Cleveland has to make a decision and this is their last live look at how they're going to, if they're going to make that decision on Baker Mayfield or not. So I'm going to, if I'm going to play Baker, then I need to play some of these pass catchers uh, for him. So trying to guess which tight end it's going to be, I mean, I have no damn clue. But the receivers, I think um, you definitely could play Landry. I think he's going to be that the guy that um, that Baker's looking for first. And um, Higgins, I mean, you Higgins, I, I think Higgins is – honestly, I think Higgins is a pretty good, pretty good receiver, and he's seen the targets – um three of the last four weeks he's seen um the targets uh coming to him so it's just a matter of him making the most of his uh, opportunity you know another thing with this team matt is i'm just taking since week seven because with odell beckham out of the picture it it, it you know illustrates things a little bit better since week seven of the 32 red zone targets that these pass catchers have 16 of them have gone to the tight ends and it's not exactly uh, – It's I think it's like seven to Hooper, uh, six to Njoku, three to Harrison Bryant, who scored uh, twice over the last two weeks on three total targets. And th there's, there's no real consistency in terms of where the ball is going among tight ends. We've seen so many times this year where, you know, Njoku has that huge game against the Chargers, and then he goes back to being – uh, essentially irrelevant in terms of pass catching. Uh, and then Austin Hooper will have a solid game. But Hooper's been the most consistent in terms of target share and red zone opportunities. But his his ceiling has been so minimal this year, along with really most of these 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 uh, tight ends outside of that one big game from David Njoku earlier in the season. Yeah, for sure. You broke it down well. And I think the red zone targets make sense. They use 12 personnel at one of the highest rates in the league. So you have elevated play rate with two tight ends in the field. I think naturally they're going to see more targets for that reason, but ultimately it's like Hooper and Njoku are like 50% of the time players, maybe 60 in some cases for Hooper. And then Harrison Bryant's also taking like 30% of the snaps too. So it, it's definitely a situation where you just have a pure rotation here. Hooper's price is a little laughable. He's really expensive for his role. You could just go down and play DPJ, someone else, one of the other tight ends. So I don't have a ton of interest in Hooper, even though he does play the most consistent role. Njoku is even a little bit expensive. When you play Njoku, I mean, you're foregoing like some kickers who I would rather play in a low scoring game environment here. Oh, yeah. I guess you can look at Harrison Bryant, but even <laughs> he's priced up a little bit. That was my issue is Harrison Bryant. You're not getting him as a one target per game guy. That could be a touchdown. You're getting him as a rotational tight end that, that gets three or four targets a game, which hasn't been the case. Without the touchdowns, Harrison Bryant is virtually useless. Um, so that price is a little sketchy to me as well. Uh, AB, if you have to go with one of these guys, obviously based on ownership and salary and all of that stuff as well, 
Who's your guy? Oh, man. Oh, you got to go with the guy that's going get, to get the most targets, right? Uh, that's what I think. You, you have to go with him because without that, that's the opportunity. So you got to go with the guy that's going to get the most opportunity. Um, Cooper's got to be the guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, so he's expensive, but uh, if you're going to go with one, you're not giving me any other options. So if I'm going with one of these guys, then I'm going to go with the guy that's going to get the most targets. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I, he's got a 15% target share in the season, and Joku's at 13%. Harrison Bryan's at 8%. Uh, it's, 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 it's ugly. It, Matt, am, am I wrong to say that this is kind of just uh, throwing darts at, at a certain point? Because all of these guys are entirely dependent on, on red zone targets. And like you said, when you're running 12 personnel, there's going to be two of them out there at a time, most of the time in the red zone. And if that's the case, it's basically just going to come down to whichever one of these guys catches a touchdown if they do. Yeah, great situation for GPPs. A lot of uncertainty, so none of these guys should be drawing much ownership at all. But the only one who's positively leveraged in our tools is Njoku, and that's a price thing. Harrison's just a little expensive for seeing one or two targets a game and hoping one of them is in the end zone. And then you have similar opportunity with Hooper, but Hooper's at a more expensive price than Njoku. So if I'm splitting hairs and forced to pick one, it's Njoku, but I absolutely do not feel good about it. Okay. Jermaine asks, uh, if you had to choose a QB for this slate, who would your, uh, who would this slate, who your money on guy? So who are you playing? Well, you know what? i get to that in a second. <laughs> Let's uh, close out Detroit, talk about Yahoo, and then we'll break down this Pittsburgh team. Let me ask you this then, A.B., Mm-hmm. I know you're not particularly fond of Baker Mayfield uh, and he is dealing with some injuries has been throughout most of the season. It, I know quarterbacks are valuable, particularly in the flex spot for these showdown slates and Baker Mayfield's not exactly priced that high, but it's hard to love this guy today. Isn't it? It's hard to love him. Yeah. Even today on a showdown slate where you only have two quarterbacks. It's hard to love Baker any day. I mean, I got some Cleveland fans that are, are some friends that are Cleveland fans. And Hey, I'm telling you, it's hard to love Baker at any point, but if we're trying to win a tournament, then um, I don't know. He might be the way to go, to be honest, um, because I'm leaning towards Cleveland needs to figure this out. They, they have a really good defense. They got a running game. If if you truly didn't, like, if you weren't going to play Baker, you can get anybody out there to just hand the damn ball off, right? So the reason they're playing him is because they want to know what he can do. They're going to put him in situations where he's going to have to make some plays. He's going to have to make these throws so they can evaluate him. We're talking $100 million here or more um, that they're going to have to make a decision on. So it's a good point. Yeah, I, I I do like playing him uh, some. I can't stand him. I mean, him as a person, I think he's funny at times. But as far as a, my quarterback for my football team, I'm not a fan of him. But today, I think it could be really useful tonight, honestly. What about you, Matt? I agree with AB. It, a lot of it comes down to ownership for me. So much is going towards the backs. If I am picking between Ben Roethlisberger and Baker, it's a slight preference to Baker. That's just referencing our projections. I'm, both these guys have been so bad. I'm just going to defer there. Baker's slightly cheaper, projected slightly higher. He's the guy I'll go with here. But I do think, to, to AB's credit, this is a guy they need to evaluate, whereas 
Big Ben is in the last game of his career. Can we play uh, both defenses in this game? Sure. I Low think scoring. So. Low scoring. Uh, what's the total? 42? 42 and a half. Yeah. 43. Yeah, for sure. That's I, I the perfect game environment for it. Yeah. Cold weather. Divisional game, nonetheless. You know, these AFC North games can be 13-10. We see Neither it a lot. Neither QB's right? mobile. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Neither of them's good. <laughs> Big Ben especially cannot move. You have two no. elite yeah. pass rushes. Mm-hmm. You guys like kickers tonight? AP? Yeah, I mean, you, you have to. A low, if, you, if you think it's going to be low scoring, a low For scoring sure. game environment, you have to. Um, I think both teams have moved the football up and down the field. They're not the most efficient um, teams. And I think when you think about Pittsburgh, they're, they still have something to play for, right? Like as, as long shot as it may be, they still have something to play for. So they're going to err on the side of caution, whereas you might see Cleveland actually going for it on fourth down or something like that. Well, it's not like Mike Tomlin can go out and be like, well, hell, what do we have to lose? Well, hell, you got a playoff um, spot to lose if you screw this up. So um, I was in that situation in 08, and the last four games of the season, all we had to do was win. And we need a lot of other crazy shit to happen. All the crazy shit happened. We won three of the last four, lost the last game to Houston, and we didn't make it to the playoffs. So all you can do is control what you can control, and that's winning. And I think that's what Pittsburgh will do, but they'll do it safer, if you will, um, than Cleveland. Well, we'll get our picks at the end of this game against the spread. See what you guys think. If you haven't checked out Yahoo Fantasy yet, too, uh, no better time to do so than now. I don't know how much longer we're going to have this. We've had it for a decent amount of time, so hopefully you've taken advantage of it. But if you sign up using the link in the description, Yahoo Daily Fantasy, or the one that uh, our producer Mike is about to throw in the chat right now, Get a free month of Awesome O Plus Platinum. $90 value, everything on the site, ownership, uh, top stack tool, player projections, uh, boom bust tool, like I said, the top single game plays, uh, lineup builder, you can get Fantasy Cruncher as well. And all of our tools uh, have Yahoo built into them as well. So you can use everything we have for Yahoo when you sign up, get the free month, $90 value, and you'll get a free $10 credit when you sign up at Yahoo using that link. Plus, if you use the promo code Yahoo10, uh, use the promo code Yahoo10, get another $25 when you make your first deposit. So uh, seriously, get in on this. You'd be crazy not to. They got 20K up top tonight uh, in the Monday Night Football Baller. They've got a a million-dollar baller every Sunday. Uh, And not only that, they have the lowest management fee. Some would call it rake in in the industry. So you actually 2X when you min cash and they pay out like 30%, 33% of the field in some of their biggest contests. It's just, there's, it's a very good place to play right now. Prize pools keep getting bigger uh, and they keep improving. It keeps getting better. So take advantage of that. Now start getting familiar with it by getting that free month of awesome. get your $10 and then your $25 using Yahoo 10 uh, and jump on in. We'll see you over there. And again, use all of our tools that we've got all of them built for Yahoo as well. All right, fellas, let's talk about it. My Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll tell you what, Matt, I, I actually don't mind Ben Roethlisberger today. If, if we're talking about Roethlisberger versus uh, Mayfield, because I think if one team does have a, a better or a higher likelihood that they just lean on the run as much as they can and are actually successful with it, because I know Pittsburgh's going to try and run with Najee as much as they can. But if one of these teams is able to do it, I think Cleveland has a better chance. 
and yeah, Baker Mayfield or Roethlisberger hasn't looked good, but it's not like Mayfield is, is outperforming him by, by leaps and bounds every week either. So last home game, probably for Ben Roethlisberger ever at Heinz field in front of the Steelers faithful. I think this could be a decent performance from him. I don't need him to be great, but I think you could get a decent game out of Ben tonight. Yeah. It's this Kobe Bryant game expecting 50 attempts for 25 <laughs> yards. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, we'll for see. 25 yards. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, but I, I don't think they're going to completely neuter the offense in Ben Roethlisberger's last home game of his career. No, so me I'm, neither. Yeah, I'm expecting this to be balanced. And if Roethlisberger, I mean, like, you don't want if, to embarrass the guy. Well, that's the thing. Do, do we think having him throw the ball a lot is embarrassing him? I, like, I don't know at this point. That, that's what I'm saying. If you make him throw 50 times, you're probably going to embarrass him. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I, I think it's going to be more or less what we've seen all year for them, where they try to run, they're largely unsuccessful, and they're forced into some pass attempts with Roethlisberger with middling efficiency. I think you can play him because of price, and it's similar to Baker Mayfield. I think it just depends on which team you think gets up in the game first because whoever's playing from behind is obviously going to be coaxed into more pass attempts. That very well could be Ben Roethlisberger. It's a two-point spread here. I'll tell you what, I do like the receivers more for Pittsburgh, so if I think there's a quarterback that's going to kind of backdoor his way into a good game, maybe throwing like screens and a receiver makes a play. I think it's Roethlisberger over Baker, but ultimately I don't have a strong preference between them. I'm going to be playing some of them both. I think they're both pretty good captain plays because of the ownership, but you don't love either guy, obviously. Yeah. AB Matt got to it before I did. Uh, it's a great point. The reason, at least for me, and I'm not saying this is what Matt was saying specifically, but the reason I like Roethlisberger a little bit more than Mayfield, if you're playing like a single entry or a three max, I, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, he does have some pretty damn good weapons in that offense and some great red zone targets as well. So, you know, maybe they make plays for him uh, and you end up getting the two or three touchdown game from him today. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to, right? He, he's, not, he's not the Big Ben of old. He's not that 05 Big Ben. He's not the 2010 or whatever, the last. He's not that guy anymore. He's, he's actually aging the way we all are supposed to age, right? We're, we're not all Tom Brady, okay? Hell, at some point, we get old, and he has just hit that. Like, that that's it. He's old, and he can't do it like he used to. I hope that they give him that standing ovation as he walks out of that place. Oh, that they should, day. man. They'd yeah, be crazy absolutely. not to. He has been great for them and did everything he was supposed to. Um, as far as on the field, I think he's been very successful on the field. Uh, I'm, I'm with Matt. Um, I think if you're trying to go somewhere different, I mean, it's hard to go against Chubb, but there's a lot of question marks around Chubb if this game goes a certain way. Um, Najee Harris, man, I'm telling I don't care how this game goes. If they're running the ball, he's going to be the guy running the ball. If, they're, if they fall behind and they got to they gotta come back, now let's keep in mind, Pittsburgh still has something to play for. So they're not finna try to ask Roethlisberger to throw the ball 40 yards on the field. They're going to be throwing the ball to Frymuth on shorter passes. They're going to be getting the ball out of his hands quickly to um, Najee because I've seen firsthand what this pass rush can do to your quarterback when they killed my Bears by sacking them, I think, eight or nine times in the game. So you don't want a statue back there in Ben Roethlisberger just holding the ball for five, seven-step drops. For sure. 
Hey, look, I think he's one of 13 quarterbacks to have ever won multiple Super Bowls. You got to gotta give the guy some credit. Mm, yeah. He's just, he's done. He, it's, it's, he's reached oh. the end of the road. Right. But yeah, I don't know, Matt. I, I still think anytime Deontay Johnson is out there, you have to consider him because he's got a 30% target share on the season. He is routinely targeted double digit times per game. He averages over 10 targets per game this year. Uh, and obviously sometimes they're not the most quality targets or high upside targets, but in a showdown slate where you're talking only two teams, I, I just think that Johnson always has to be one of the focal points uh, when it comes to our analysis. For sure. It, it's because of his role. The one thing that was interesting to me is our tools have him overowned in both the captain and the utility really? slot. Yeah. I, I, and we had this changes throughout the day. So make sure to come back and check. But I think it's largely because the game is low scoring. Both these teams are run heavy and you have options in the expensive tier. I mean, paying for Chubb or Najee is going to be a little bit more in price, but our tools are suggesting that that is worth it over going to like one of these players. But overall, what this tells me, it's not so much an indictment on Deontay himself. It's just that the slate's priced efficiently. So you're going to have to make some tough decisions. It's, it's nothing against Deontay Johnson. So how do you how do you break down this receiving core and uh, what tough decisions are you making then when it comes to guys like that and building lineups? So to AB's credit from earlier in the stream, our tool suggests playing the under owned quarterbacks is going to be the plus EV move today, opposed to playing the studs that we all know and love the expensive studs that are drawing a lot of ownership. But if I'm breaking down Pittsburgh's receiving core, Johnson's still number one, pretty, pretty clearly. Claypool's had the weirdest role, I think, over the last couple of weeks. He's, he's on the field. He's off the field. He's getting benched for Ray Red McLeod. He's coming back and he's playing 83% of the snaps last week, six targets. He's really volatile right now because they don't seem to have a clear role for him. I'm not sure if the, like, the, the benching was the result of his like, boneheaded play at the end of that one game. But tentatively, Claypool's going to be two. I think Fryermuth is a very interesting play at his price. He's kind of that mid-price option. I think that's a little safer for Ben Roethlisberger. We've seen his role in the red zone. He has a very clear role in that capacity. So as far as upside, he doesn't necessarily require a big play. He could just score a touchdown. So I like Fryermuth quite a bit, and I like that he's cheaper. So I'm still going to say Johnson's number one for me, but between Claypool and Fryermuth, I think that's a little more of a toss-up, tentatively leaning Fryermuth's way. Yeah, me too, just based on red zone targets. I mean, that that makes a pretty considerable difference. I mean, shit, A.B., Fryermuth has, is second on the team in red zone targets, and this guy wasn't even playing close to a full-time role until week, what, six or seven when 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 Eric Ebron went down? Mm -hmm. Yep. No, he, he's been – I think he's been solid for them, right? He's been, uh, he's been that guy that – I mean, throughout Ben's, uh, Big Ben's career, you can just look at – he's always had that tight end on um, my – maybe Heath Miller or something like that um, early on in his career. I can't remember that um, that tight end that he had, but this is a pretty good tight end that he would lean on, and that was the position. Heath Miller was the guy, yeah. It was yeah, Heath. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he has a guy very much like that. Like, he's sure-handed. He makes the – I mean, he's athletic. He can make his plays. So, in the games, you'll see him have seven targets. You'll see him have um, eight targets, but – for the most part, you know he's gonna get three, four targets a game, and they're gonna be pretty good, um, pretty good targets where he can like get down the field a little bit. So, I do, I do like Frymuth. Um, in the red zone, I mean, you can only you just gotta hope for a touchdown. Um, when you when you go for a guy like that. So, uh, looking at the scoring on 
if this is going to be a low scoring game or not. When they get down to the red zone, I think there's going to be more running um, because they're, they're not taking any chances. Pittsburgh side, because they still have something to play for here. So I'd be real careful with that. And then if they're going to throw it, they're going to get the ball to Najee and uh, Deontay Johnson, um, I believe, because I think those are more solid um, situations. But I can definitely see uh, Frommer getting a, a target uh, in that red zone. So is Najee your favorite player from, from Pittsburgh today? No doubt. Okay. No doubt. Not even close. It. It, well, if, it, if, I'm, if all the ownership is going to, to Chubb on the other side, well, I can, yeah, I can make an argument where Najee is going to beat him in a lot of scenarios because everything's going to go through him, it, it, regardless of how this game plays out. If they can run the ball, they're just going to run it with him. If they fall behind, when they come back, he's going to be the one getting four or five catches out of the backfield because you don't want Big Ben sitting back there with the football. So check down after check down after check down. Hell, you turn around and he has six catches for – 50 yards and you're like holy shit like I actually need this guy yeah for sure and I, I do think both of them will be very popular uh, I think Chubb will be a little bit more popular just because mm -hmm. we know this Pittsburgh defense has been trashed on the ground but uh, Matt I haven't asked you about Najee yet even even when they're not efficient on the ground they get the ball to this guy no matter what yeah and the thing Najee has that Chubb does not is that pass catching which upside. is huge huge makes him game script independent. So he's a guy that largely cannot fail. He is extremely expensive and you have to make a lot of concessions if you put him in your lineup at the captain spot. I looked at our tools and he's negatively leveraged in the captain, positively leveraged in the flex. And I found that to be pretty surprising and also in line with the point I keep coming back to that AB made that these quarterbacks are under owned. So it's not a question of whether you wanna play Najee or not. I think it's the question of where you play him and what is more likely to be optimal and with him being so cost prohibitive, I'm tentatively leaning in the flex. Would you pair him with Roethlisberger? Sure. I it's would a, too. First of all, like on showdowns, correlation matters. But if Pittsburgh ends up like beating Cleveland by 10 to 14 points, negative correlation is not going to matter a ton if you're just trying to take the raw points in a really low scoring game environment. So him being a pass catcher helps as well. But ultimately, I'm not real concerned with that. Matt, are there any, because we're going to build a lineup before we get out of here and turn this over to the NBA strategy show. Are there any cheap options that we can look at? Not, I'm not talking like 3K Harrison Bryant, but this doesn't feel like one of those nights where we're going to have opportunities to pull some of these close to minimum salary guys. Yeah, for sure. I ran optimals this morning on DraftKings from our projections, and these will change throughout the day. So don't take this as gospel right now. But first six optimals all had different captains, some of them cheap, some of them expensive. So there isn't, that just speaks to the efficiency of pricing and it's not clear, but just some of the cheaper guys that popped up there. Jarvis popped up there and he's not cheap as in like a punt play, but he did pop. Donovan Peoples-Jones is in one. He's more in that mid-priced range. And then for Pittsburgh, there Gentry. was- the, Yeah, Gentry. That's he, your he, guy, man. Every time Pittsburgh plays on this, <laughs> you love Zach just Gentry. They they use a little 12 personnel here, which uh, which you definitely like. And he's the guy they'll use over like a Kevin Raider. So he should play a little bit alongside Fryermuth. His role is not in the pass game, really. Like he, with Gentry, you're hoping he gets two, three targets and one of them's in the end zone. He's usually going to be used more in line, more of a blocker than Fryermuth. But if you're talking about pure punts, I think he's a guy you have to consider. 
Ray Ray McLeod is a player they've given a role to pretty consistently. He's playing above James Washington. So he is a name to monitor. And again, he's not the stone minimum. We don't really have the stone minimum guys today. It's even, even Gentry, he's above a thousand dollars. If you captain him, he's slightly below that in the flex, but he's not the stone min. Uh, we had a super chat earlier from Pecan Pecan. I've got both RBs in the best ball Millie maker down 20. Do I have a shot? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know who's in front of you, but there's definitely worse places to be, man. So congratulations. All right. Good luck. And then uh, D Owens AFC North football Chubb plus hunt plus Harris and smash. Look, it's not the craziest thought. It's really not. I mean, it, it could three running backs do it. Yeah. Neither of these quarterbacks are particularly good. AB, before we build a lineup, uh, any other thoughts on some cheap options, kickers, defenses, roster construction? Keep your eyes on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm all for having a having a defense. I think um, any of these quarterbacks. I mean, they've had their down days, right? And they they can throw you on for a pick six, um, hold a ball a little too long, and get strip sack, um, scooped up, scoring. But they're in that that 6,000 little over uh, just above in Joku and Boswell in that area. If a pump play, I, I do like, I know Washington, um, Ray Ray McLeod and Washington. I think those are the two that I would look for because you do see the targets with them. So if you look at three of the last four, four of the last five with um, McLeod, like you're getting the five, six target area. So, and all you need is um you need a touchdown from them. Uh, if you can get, those five targets from them. I mean, I think you can, they can really pay off their salary in a big way for you. So uh, just make sure you look at the ownership. Um, but yeah, the defense is very much in play for both teams because low scoring game, somebody's going to give up a big play. Um, we just don't know who it's going to be, honestly. Yeah, I know. And uh, Jeffrey asked, where does the Steelers O-line rank in terms of run blocking? PFF has them seventh worst in the league. So not great. Mm-mm. And I'll throw out Anthony Schwartz as a punt. I'm not a big fan of the coach speak narrative, but if his role does in fact uh, evolve a little bit and expand over the remaining two weeks, he's one of the cheaper guys you could get to. He's 1400 in the flex spot. So that's not the craziest thing. Uh, And Matt, if anyone asks why we spend more time on DraftKings on a site or on a game like this, I I just want to point out, and you mentioned it in chat. I thought it was a good point. On, on Yahoo and Fandle, it, you're playing who you think is going to be the top scorer at captain, and you don't necessarily have to go down to an Anthony Schwartz type when you have five total players and you're not playing paying one X or one and a half X for, for your captain or your MVP. So it is an entirely different build, a whole, whole different strategy you're taking to, to draft games. Fandle, you can play whoever you want. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Let's build a lineup, fellas. Uh, last thing, use the promo code if you want to get in. If you want to check out Awesome but you haven't done so yet, uh, maybe you're in a position to do so now. It would be a good time because through the 7th, if you use the promo code 2022-2022, that'll get you 22 days of Awesome Plus Platinum, everything on the site, every single sport for $20. 22 days for $20, everything on the site, all of our tools for every single sport, all of which are created by Alex Baker, Awesome himself, Yes, the dude who won the Millie Maker yesterday. You guys see that? Awesome took down the Millie, baby. That's insane. Big stuff. Big stuff. And he was showing that he's been chasing that for a while now. So 
I was very happy for him. Uh, awesome. Use that 2022 or happy 22, all one word, keep it all one word, get you 20% off the entire year of Awesome Up Plus Platinum. That's huge right there. It's only good through the seventh. But if you want to make a true investment into this uh, and really start getting serious about DFS, uh, all of our tools for the entire year, 20% off. If you use the promo code HAPPY22, go to awesome.com slash promos. And all you got to do is click that. You don't even have to type it in. All right. Um, let's do it. Let's build a lineup. Large field tournament. Yeah, let's go large field tournament. I'll kick this one off. I'm going to go captain. I'm going to captain Nick Chubb here. And then maybe we'll get a little bit different elsewhere, Matt. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, don't hate that at all. I think you could definitely use Nick Chubb. And there's plenty of contrarian options because we have some teams that use, you know, like three tight ends, four receivers, whatever it may be. If you're captaining Chubb, I think Roethlisberger makes sense on the other side, just playing the game script game. All right. I'm sorry, who'd you go with? Roethlisberger. I love it. All right. We got Ben. We got Chubb. Who's next, AB? Ray Ray. You want to go McLeod? Yeah. All right. But well, we got Roethlisberger. Let's let's throw Ray Ray McLeod in there. Why not? He's played a shockingly consistent role. I know. Yeah, seriously. He really has. And I was baffled got... to look at his numbers this morning. I was like, these guys actually on the field this much? Yeah, mm -hmm. and getting targeted as much as he yeah. is too, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, he's done virtually nothing with them. But at the same time, if you're if you you know you grab four receptions and and, and the yardage hasn't been there, but look. All he needs to do is break one after the catch. That's all we need. I like it. He's cheap. Let's make it happen. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw Najee in there, boys. I think I got to do it. And we got to go. We can make this work. It'll work. Let's go Najee. We got 45 per, uh, 4,500 per player remaining, Matt. All right. I'm going to go with my favorite punt, Anthony Schwartz, on the report that he's going to play more. Okay. That leaves us with 7,600. So we're in the Friermuth Claypool range. Not Ooh. enough to get to Landry, though. I like that range. You could leave some salary on the table, be a little contrarian, get a guy you like, or pay all the way up for Landry. I like it, too. No, you can't get – we don't have enough Oh, you can't Landry. get to Landry? You can get, no. just get Claypool and Friermuth? Yep. Still yep. still not bad. Oh, my goodness. Or, A.B., you want to just be wildly different? We could go down to a defense or a kicker. But I know I was thinking that, but we're an Austin Hooper. Oh, guys, Hooper, man. When I, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, Hooper, but Claypool, I've had all year on my fantasy team. Why the hell would I wait till now to take him off? We're going Claypool. Let's, let's do it. Go. I like Come it. On. I like this lineup a lot. Uh, let's make it happen. Hey, follow AB at uh, Alex Brown 96. Been a pleasure having you on all year, man. This has been a blast. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. I really appreciate y'all having me here. It's been great. Um, Absolutely. Next year. Or the playoffs. Shit. We should do the Monday Come night on. game. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, we should do, Matt, let's just, we'll do postseason Monday night football. Why not? Right? Two weeks from now. Dude, I'll come on whenever. Just tell me when <laughs> I win. <know> <laughs> Matt, we it's do, been a fun do. season though, man. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thank you guys uh, for watching all the way through. We've done a ton of showdowns and it's been awesome. Follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, me at Lafay underscore D. And we'll see you guys back here very shortly. we got a ton of stuff coming up for NFL still. We're not going anywhere. NBA strategy show with Josh and Adam coming up next. Peace.
Yeah, we should just do that. I'll come on when I...